And would it be like I'm just like constantly watching just the, the kind of porn you just described, the porn with a plot, like, like at all times of the day? Like, I don't think this should be that confusing to you. And the reason why is because I think you more than once in your life have been in a relationship where you were not interested in sex with your partner. But if she had a drone that flew around behind you all 24-7, she would notice yeah. that you were consuming a fair amount of porn and beating off to it. Yes. So like that's that's the analog. Okay, so Mike, I've been listening to some other podcasts and they're substantially more enthusiastic in their intros than I am. So I'm going to dial it up a notch. Are you ready? Do it. Yes. Okay. Hello and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships with frankness that is often controversial, but mostly in good faith. We have a fantastic list of top sexy topics today to discuss, including erotic fiction, gangbang logistics, a man who doesn't like sucking nipples, and more. I'm Keith. My co-host is Mike. Are you amped up now, Mike? I'm amped up, and this is Mike, your heterosexual co-host, uh, okay. here with uh, the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, it feels like <laughs> so much, but I was listening back to some of you know, our previous episodes and to some other podcasts. And yeah, I guess to get parody there, I need to be more enthusiastic. We have a whole new distribution channel for the podcast. Now I was able to upload it <clears throat> lock, stock and barrel to YouTube because YouTube, I think is searching for more revenue and, yeah. uh, they have set up a way for podcasts to be uploaded. Now you might say, why didn't we do it before? And the answer is I did do it before. Uh, and we immediately, immediately got banned. Um, uh, and, and it wasn't for, uh, it wasn't for any of the things you'd think you would get banned for. I think we got flagged by listeners who, uh, felt our, our content was insufficiently, um, diverse or something. It was too heteronormative or something. Is there a cadre of people on YouTube policing it for purity? I think so. I'm not 100% on that, but I think so. I mean, who knows? Yeah, you're just speculating. Yeah. I just know we got taken down and I asked them, I did a, an appeal and they're just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, So something sufficiently bad happened. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've run into all kinds of issues with Google's uh, purity polices, police because, yeah, we've tried advertising on Google and they don't like ads for things that have anything to do with sex because I think they get worried that... So Google doesn't necessarily know where their ads are going to appear. And if it appears on content that wouldn't want ads for things that have to do with sex, their advertisers can get upset. And so, right. But I mean, I think they're changing a little bit. I would say, so for example, are, uh, they use the, the, uh, picture that goes along with the podcast as the picture shown on YouTube during the audio. And uh, our top one right now is a picture of a woman with a camel toe with around okay. 100 views. Now, keep in mind, this is, I mean, no marketing. This has just been posted to YouTube. So numbers aren't big, but we've made no effort, low effort numbers. The second one is a, a vintage picture of women with their breasts exposed. And the fourth one is in a butt plug. Huh. The third one is just a woman's, a very attractive woman's face. Oh, I know who it is. It's Amaranth. Oh, yeah. She is an attractive and woman. And then the sixth one is a woman lying on the beach looking at her chest. And the fifth one is AOC. <laughs> so, uh, what did we say about yes, AOC? I don't remember. It was, I don't uh, remember either. A year and a half ago. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, I'm 
I guess pleased that they don't care anymore. We'll have to see. I think they want that revenue. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, I was in the shower the other day and Mm. I was trying to remember why is bestiality bad? I mean, I I know that sounds like, sorry, our listeners couldn't see Mike's sort of face jarred there. Okay. Like, I know that's like a provocative question to ask. Like, you know, most people would say like, well, bestiality is obviously bad, but okay. Counterpoint. uh, What's better, like murdering or rape? And, you know, the, the line there can be a little bit fuzzy and a lot of animals that are going through bestiality aren't really getting raped they're i don't know what their experience of having sex with a human is but you know that's it's it's probably in some cases tolerable for them and they live a pretty awesome life so yeah like why is bestiality like so taboo in our culture and eating animals is so uh, universally accepted Right, you're basically saying, uh, you're basically saying that an animal, given the choice, would rather be raped than eaten. I mean, I I, I feel that I way. Think I would like, rather. Which be would you choose? Than eaten. Yeah, I'd rather right. be raped than eaten. Um. Uh, yeah. So given that, given that, I, I, okay. that's not even the right comparison. Like, I would rather live. You know, like let's say I'm a, <laughs> I'm a dog. <laughs> you know, lives with a, a farmer. I live in a really nice, you know, open, I have lots of places to run. My, my owner really cares for me. He feeds me great food. He gives me attention. And then, you know, every other day I have to do the needful, but my life is, you know, objectively probably in the top 1% of all dogs. So I'm not even sure we're making the right comparison here. I have a slightly different argument that I think you'll enjoy. Anti-bestiality or pro-bestiality? No, pro, pro, pro. Okay, let's hear uh, at it. Least, at least in the current cultural milieu, uh-huh. which is that, so the the dominant, and I think it's fair to say dominant, cultural trope now is based off of a philosophical tradition called postmodernism, which is basically that everything is subjective, right? So you, um, all cultures are equivalent, all kind of subjective experiences are equivalent with mm-hmm. some kind of... Um, principle that says, well, you can't, I mean, you're not supposed to hurt other people, right? So it's like, well, you're good. There, there'll be some object, objective criticism. If, if I said, Hey, my culture is, I like to kill all people whose last name starts with a R or something that that would be uh-huh. unacceptable. Okay. But, uh, you know, uh, excluding things like that, um, kind of all cultures are equivalent. And, um, I regret to inform people that have this, I mean, the majority of people that now have this cult, kind of viewpoint about how things should be interpreted, I regret to inform them that there are cultures in the world that practice bestiality. Um, and yeah. so given that, I mean, as a cultural practice, it becomes impossible to criticize it because once you criticize it, you're basically saying, hey, uh, your Eurocentric white culture is is better. You're saying it's objectively better and these people have a huge problem with that. Um, a quick Google search for me found an article that says, a study found that 35% of men from rural Brazil have had sex with an animal. I knew the Brazil uh, total. Yeah. They have 492 men took part in the study, aging, aging 18 to 80. Uh, these are urologists that looked for it. And um, yeah, they found that there were a uh, substantial amount of sex with animals. And they found that uh, those who were having sex with animals were substantially more likely to develop cancer of the penis. <laughs> so that's, Whoa, you know, so that's there's some downside, downside. risk. 
Okay. All right. I guess I have to stop fantasizing about goats. I don't want to get dick cancer. That sounds so bad. a total of, of these men, and remember it was 35% of the men, and those uh-huh. are the ones that admitted it, by the way. So, I mean, it's probably more than 35%, but whatever. Um, of them, 59% did so for one to five years. Uh, 21% did it for more than five years. So, <laughs> so, so when you say what's yeah. wrong with it, I mean, my response would be, yeah, this is a cultural practice in some places. And, and I mean, it's like, it sounds farcical, but, but frankly, given the cultural expression that's going on right now in the United States, I don't actually know what they would say back. What, what sort yeah, okay. of a, a woke person would say back against that. It's like, look, yeah, I should be able to fuck a goat. Okay. So uh, we have like, two, like a, you know, two pro bestiality arguments here. The first is just from like first principles, it doesn't really seem like it's worse than murder. And we're constantly murdering animals for our benefits. So what would be wrong with, with uh, raping an I animal? Mean, and then there you could argue, hey, you need to bestialize a cow, a chicken, a sheep, a goat. You might exclude a dog because we don't typically eat dogs. Yeah, but I feel like aren't pigs more capable, uh, not uh, cerebral? They have more cognitive function than dogs and on almost all axes. Sure. Uh, so I mean, and we're maybe, killing, I mean, we're murdering, we're murdering pigs, which sure. I think you can argue is is worse than murdering a dog because a pig has more cognitive function, just like murdering Agreed. a human is worse than murdering a snail. Um, I really prefer the idea of having sex with chickens, but go on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is the what is the name of their hole? They have like one hole for pooping and peeing, and the eggs come out of it too. The cloaca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. So yeah, the the <laughs> eggs often have poop on them. It's rough. That's that's hot. Um, okay, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so argument one is that yeah, like rape isn't worse than murder, and we're all complicit in the murder. Not we, we all are are vegans, but uh, we're we're complicit in the uh, murdering of animals. And then mm-hmm. yeah, argument two is there are lots of cultures where sleeping with animals is at least more normalized than it is in the culture that we live in. And who are we to judge that their culture is worse? Right. Right. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, another thing I would point out is that there are certain animals that are endangered, uh, truly endangered, where they're at risk of um, extinction. And a lot of times that's due to man-made causes, say, uh, encroachment on their habitat, uh, uh-huh. climate change, and so forth. These are all, again, kind of things that a more left-oriented person would be really animated about. And I think those animals would much rather... Uh, say live in a dungeon that I prepared for them and be raped, then be <laughs> extincted. I mean, if, right. if 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 those are the choices, look at ste- at least their their species still has a chance, right? So right. you could take some, uh, you know, particularly I, I don't know I don't know the most endangered species. Should we should uh, we talk now about how you would make a white rhinoceros uh, rape dungeon? <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> a, a blue whale. Oh, a giant panda. I mean, sure, that could be kind of fun. A blue Giant whale. Panda. Yeah. I know that dolphins get pretty horny. I, are they penetrable? We should move on to something else. Yeah. And well, uh, I have something else along the lines of this uh, sort of woke culture stuff. Okay. Well, uh, that I wanted before, to we leave, before we leave bestiality, I just want to be clear that much of this conversation was head, tongue, and cheek. I am not animal curious. I, I, I can't speak for you, Mike. I'm not, and I, I disagree with the dominant culture. I, I, I actually do think that you can kind of categorize cultures as superior and inferior to others. 
on various axes. And so I disagree with that, but I'm using that. I mean, I'm like, just saying that puts me in some minority where I could be kind of canceled. Right. So it's ironic that saying I'm anti-bestiality puts me in a category of cancelable people. Like people should think about the kind of Venn diagrams that their belief systems create because Mm. there's a lot of wacky stuff out there. Okay. So like if there was a culture that, for example, uh, was championing women's rights less, you might argue that that is an inferior culture. I might, I might not. It would depend on other details about it though. <laughs> but, but importantly, Point importantly, is, I, yeah, go ahead. I mean, this is the problem that people, I mean, like if you listen to Fox news or Ben Shapiro or something, they will gleefully point out, this is a huge, huge problem that left-wing people have, uh, at least in the modern context with, uh, say, the Middle East conflict, because they, at the same time, they'll say, hey, we want these people to have self-determination, we want them to have rights, but these are these are people who are completely anti-feminist, who you know, in a lot of cases will execute someone for being homosexual. Uh, right. And it's like, what, like, what, <laughs> how, can, how can you simultaneously argue that uh, there should be gay rights, uh, trans rights and all that, and then say, hey, and also let's make sure these people are free to hoist these people up on cranes publicly and hang them. And I've seen videos of them doing this. They definitely do it in places like Iran. Right. How can you, like, it's, it's like, how is that coherent as an ideology? It just makes no sense. Yeah. I'm hesitant to dive into this and you don't, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not taking it one side or the other. I'm just pointing out that as an ideology, it's incoherent. That's it. I'm just saying like, look, there's something wrong. Like your, your Venn diagram is weird. Like you, the way they overlap makes no sense. Yeah, I obviously agree. All right, were you gonna? So I were you gonna give another yeah, anti woke rant, or was that was that it? No, no rant. So I'm at a I'm at a trade show in uh, that I regrettably am attending here in Las Vegas. So I'm in a <laughs> hotel room at a casino. I've not gambled a cent. I don't like gambling, but I wanted to show you some. So I, when I registered for this show, they gave me some pins, and the first one I got. Uh, Actually, one of them had just Chinese words on it. And I asked the lady, like, do you know what these say? And she said, no. And so I was like, how do you know this isn't just like, you know, asking right. me to see my dick or something in right. Chinese? Presumably something boring. So my first one is this pin that says ally. And what, what do you, it just says A-A-L-L-Y, ally. ally. What, do you, what do you take that to mean, Keith? Well, Mike, they're trying to hit this sweet spot of being okay. sensitive to everybody's cultures and everybody's uh-huh. protests. So instead of actually saying a message, they can put uh, potentially fake Chinese characters or the word ally. And, and who, can, who can disagree with being an ally? You, you, know, you might say okay. an ally to what? But they would say, well, you're just an ally to the cause that's important to you. Okay, let me show you a couple others here. I got a pin that says this. What does it say? Um, ask my pronouns. <laughs> A pin, it's made of metal, it's a hexagon, it's very nice, it says ask my pronouns, which means I'm encouraging people to ask me what my pronouns are. But then right next to it, I can put a pin with my pronouns, which I requested this one. <laughs> uh, G-gem. I have heard. That's how you pronounce that? Okay. That X-E-X-E-M has been actually suggested by some fairly serious folks as the proper non uh male female pronouns okay because and it's it's g not z i don't i i guess i've only read this i haven't heard okay. one of these people speak 
The lady behind the counter did not blink when I asked for that one. I mean, I, I just said, oh, 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 let me say this. Let me say this. One of the pronoun options had two Chinese characters. Oh, what? <laughs> I'm not I don't kidding. Does Chinese even I, have the concept of pronouns or, or I don't know. sexualizing I, objects or, or, yes. or beings? Like I was in a line. This, yeah, I was in a line at this counter. And so I couldn't like pull out Google Translate. I don't. I know like a few, a couple hundred Chinese characters. I don't How know long these, was the line obviously. at this counter? Um, long enough that I felt uh, okay. I, I kind of had to do okay. this sort of quickly. You you control her a little bit, but not not maximally. Yeah, she was she she didn't care what happened. Yeah, um, but yeah, so I, I got the weirdest one that I knew made I, I meant something. Yeah, I like the idea of having your pronouns be Chinese characters because then it's for any person who doesn't speak Chinese. Yes, it's, it's unpronounceable. I mean, you could argue Zhi <laughs> Zhem is also unpronounceable, but I really think that's Z Zem, but maybe that would be with a Z, <laughs> Z so I don't know. That's okay. the point. Here's my final pin. This is a cube with it's showing three sides, like a Rubik's it's cube, bad. sort of, and there's a green, a yellow, and a red, and then there's this little dial, and you can dial the dial to show whether you want someone to talk to you, which means you have it aiming at the green. Oh my gosh. The yellow means I guess you're not sure. And the red means don't talk to me. And I pointed out to the woman behind the counter that she had hers dialed to red. Uh-huh. And she quickly adjusted it to green because okay. obviously that was suggesting. So this is a way to, I think this is like for some sort of psychological issue to say, hey, I don't like being yeah. talked to. I um, think so as a podcaster, I, I will rotate it to green. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Because I was going to, mm-hmm. I didn't know if you wanted me to carry the rest of the show or you know how this right. is going to work. Uh, so this is real. This is real. I'm not making any of this up. Yeah, this, this was a like real a, thing at a real, this uh, was a conference that to my, my admission, I didn't pay for it. My admission was $2,000. It's for a large tech company. So listeners, this is like a, this is a real crap that's going on. This isn't like, I didn't make this up. And this and does got feel like, running around with it. like 10 years ago, something that would be in the onion or on Saturday night live. It does. It does. Yeah. Uh, but, and I'm not going to wear the ZZM one because I, um, I don't have those pronouns, but I just thought it'd be a funny thing to show people. Yeah. So it is a funny thing to show people. Um, yeah. I am surprised you hadn't heard Zhijem because I would, I've only I would read think, it. Yeah, but I would I would expect that some of the media you consume would, as you say, gleefully uh, cackle at it. Sure. I mean, it's the kind of thing like, say, libs of TikTok would make fun of. That's um, right. Or other relevant accounts right um i don't i mean yeah it's it's i mean changing well anyway um uh, i have actually talked to a couple people who had never seen it before so it still hasn't percolated the pronoun thing or the zhijem they thought uh two different people i talked to thought it was just this morning thought it was the only that thought the non-binary pronoun was they them but that was the only one i think that's the one that like the new york times uses for example yeah, they, uh, they, people at my kid's school use that, and I find it really, I, I actually find it confusing because of the plural. It, I, it's right. actually difficult for my brain to decipher it, so it's, it's yeah. irritating. No, it's, it's not so ideal. I actually, I would say I prefer, honestly, this one, <laughs> because yeah. at least I can, yeah, at least I can learn kind of quickly that it's singular. Yeah, you don't have to, to do like, you don't have to do this processing in your mind, which is like, oh, has the sex of the subject been mentioned before, and if it assiduously has not been, and now they've used the pronoun them, then, oh, this must be a non-binary exactly. person. But if it's Zhijian, then you is, do that calculus. 
the problem is I'm well aware of the fact that it doesn't stop with G or Z, whatever it is, gem, uh, that there are like 10 others. And so it's well, like, there could be infinity others because you can identify right. once you can, yeah, when, once you can see at the point that humans aren't just two things, male or female, then you sort of end up in this place where it's a spectrum and then you can, there's infinity points on that spectrum. So, right. I wonder, by the way, whether uh, the, the like, I'm sure part of our audience prefers just sex talk and part of it likes anti-woke <laughs> rants. I'd be sort of curious to do like a poll and find out which people prefer what. Uh, we I don't think we've ever gotten a message saying, hey, cut it out with that stuff. Yeah, that's true. Most of our messages know. are sex related. Oh, I have another thing to tell you, but go on. Are we being anti-woke? Like, what have we said? Like, have we said that we don't like trans people? It's that's not what wokeness is. I, I have no problem. It's 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 we're not. both fine with trans people. So like, what's the? I'm fine with trans people, but I don't like the. For example, like the thing that they talk about, they call book banning in Texas and Florida and stuff like that. I I pretty much agree with the book banners, even though I'm fine with uh, the books they're choosing to ban. You mean? Yeah, because they're because they're they're what they're calling a book ban is removing books that have like clearly pornographic content from a middle school library. <laughs> which is like, I think is like a, something that's happened. You know, I mean, if you want to add porn to middle school libraries, let's have that conversation. Let's not pretend that it's something different. That's Are you sure you're not straw manning there? Like, I actually don't know. I know that, you know, you'll see lists posted to Twitter of some of the books that are banned and it'll be like, you know, Judy Bloom or something. And it's like, what? Why is that banned? Well, then I would dis- then I would disagree. Then I, then I think they shouldn't. They should. I, I conceptually agree with banning Penthouse from the middle school <laughs> library. It's not. It's not Penthouse. It'll be. It'll be some book that has like I know, but stuff in it about. Now we're haggling over the line. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, well, we're talking over each other. I concede the point that like Penthouse should be banned. So like there is something that I think that should be banned. I agree, it should be non-zero. Right. And then well, now we're just arguing where the line is, and I, I don't know where the line actually is because I'm actually I'm actually okay with Penthouse. To draw, man. I'm actually okay with Penthouse not being banned. Whoa. Uh, I'm okay with it. if you said, hey, we want to have complete free speech in middle school libraries, I'd be okay with that. The thing I don't like, uh, because then you can have the conversation. You're like, look, we have hardcore porn in here. Like, yeah, but uh, then there's a masturbation the stall. going to turn into a masturbatorium. Well, that's a more practical consideration. But like the, I, I'm just saying, the thing that, the thing that bothers me is uh, pretending something is what it isn't. It's that. It's like the, the honesty of the situation. Like, I don't... Oh. Yeah, it's like, look, if you're going to so include porn... If they're porn, calling it a book ban and they're banning reasonable stuff, you think that's disingenuous? I Yes, I think they're lying about the okay. about what's actually going on. And But but like, look, I'm I'm well aware, as everyone is, that a middle schooler can find porn. So well, it's like, it's sort of who cares? Like, yeah. You know? Well, they can find anything if they have a, a phone. Yeah. They almost yeah, all do. Right. Yeah, I just don't have an opinion on this because the left media says one thing and the right media says the other. And as with many things, you actually don't get into the nuance of the issue because both sides are being disingenuous in their claims. Uh, that's probably right. Yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, the first thing I wanted to talk about today was literatica anyway. So nice. let's do it. Um, so this person says, uh, I think my wife is addicted to literature porn. My wife and I have been married for five years now. For the last three, we've had a dead bedroom situation. I try to initiate and I usually am rejected. Here's my problem. I really do take the time to take care and really love my wife in the bed and I'm very generous. Well, that's 
bit subjective. She always gets her finish first. I always light her candles. I always focus on what she wants, and I always take good care of her after the deed is done. While in this dead bedroom situation, I've noticed that she's been reading a lot of books, and I got curious if my wife is enjoying something. I always try to at least understand it and see why she enjoys it that way. Um, okay, then he writes that exact same sentence twice. Maybe we can share a new hobby if I like it. But I read, read these books, and usually TikTok, they said that these types of literature at least involve plot with their stories and characters with background, but these books don't have any of that. They're just straight-up hardcore sex books, where the men are six feet with nine-inch dicks, and they're trying, uh, so like me, and they're trying up, and they're tying up women and beating them. I was so shocked to read this, and it's not like my wife is just reading this once a week. Every single second of her spare time, she has a book in her hand, reading one of these. If she's in the car, she's reading. If she's at the dinner table, she's reading. If we're watching a movie, she's reading. What would you guys do to this situation? Because my, because honestly, it's kind of rubbing me the wrong way. Um. The thing I wanted to talk about here. So there are these, what are they called? Are they called Gothic romance novels? Is that the? Just romance novel, I think. Okay. Um, I mean, these exist. You you most often see them in the checkout aisle of Safeway or something. Um, You can buy them in bookstores. Probably mostly people get them online now. A lot of it's sort of uh, like concealed, uh, cloaked, because there is like, you know, it's just... Well, it's just not, it's not just, I mean, it's, uh, let's see, it, it would be the equivalent of you have the porn site where you just have them fucking mm-hmm. and that's the, like, look, and honestly, most guys are going to scroll to that anyway, but then they're like, you can watch the entire hour long movie that has some kind oh. of a plot and these have, like you know, the their old, books have a plot. Like those old Skinamax movies. Yeah. And these, okay. they, these are like that. And, 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 and to some extent, I mean, with literatica, like the, the setup matters to the consumer more, uh, I there are people who consume porn to get the plot. It, it, it makes it more compelling to them. So, I sometimes will watch the first 90 seconds, but it rarely, mm-hmm. I, my patience rarely extends beyond that. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a gender difference there, I think. Yeah. So, show me, show but, me. But my, my only point was that like, it's not there. A lot of times there are books that aren't obviously literatica that are, that's my yeah. point is, is that there's a lot, a lot, a lot of these sort of romance novels that are right. like this. Okay, well, so this guy's wife appears to be choosing the ones that are, you know, very obviously um, sex novels. And I have seen, you do see women reading these novels, like, you know, at an airport or Mm -hmm. uh, out and about. Um, What? I mean, I don't know what the right analog here is for a man. Like, can you imagine, you know, like you'll occasionally get in an Uber and they'll be watching a video on their phone. Have you encountered this? Maybe you haven't. It's more popular in other countries because it's... The driver great. will be? Yeah, it's not great. Okay. Um, and would it be like I'm just like constantly watching just the, the kind of porn you just described, the porn with a plot, like at all times of the day? Like, I don't think this should be that confusing to you. And the reason why is because I think you more than once in your life have been in a relationship where you were not interested in sex with your partner, but if she had a drone that flew around behind you all 24 seven, she would notice that you were consuming a fair amount of porn and beating off to it. Yes. So like that's, that's the analog. No, no. I understand that this woman (laughs) is potentially getting her sexual needs fulfilled by a third party. Um, Yes. What I don't understand is yeah, like you wouldn't see me, you know, sitting at my uh, office desk 
in my spare time reading this book or reading it in the checkout aisle or reading it just going about my day. Like I'm not constantly consuming porn. I, I definitely like sit down and like have my little sessions, but the way this guy describes and what I've seen myself, as I said, like, you know, in airports or wherever, you'll, you'll see women just like reading sure. these novels. And that is the part that I don't quite like, what are they reading it for? It can't be arousal toward reaching orgasm. There's like some other need being scratched here. Well, I mean, yeah, that's right. There's, I think there's a gender difference there. And the, like the yeah, guy is much more focused on the, on the uh, climax and the woman is more focused on just basically like the moderate amount of arousal for a significant period of time, which makes sense. I mean, I think it makes it sense like sense. evolutionarily, like blah, Maybe blah, 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 blah. Now that you mention it, it's like she's basically having a relationship with these men that are more exciting than yes. her husband. And, the, and it's not the sex. Right. She, the sex is part of it. But a lot of it is you know, the titillating power play and whatever it is that she's getting from the book. I mean, this is one of the reasons why, I mean, you can broaden that out to talk about social media, like need for communication. Like these things all differ a bit between men and women mm -hmm. and women often want much more cons com uh, all consuming communication. And so there's like a, a higher relationship need. And similarly, these books can, can sort of fill that. Um, yeah, so this guy, yeah, is, is sort of faced with with that. He's not, he's not doing what she needs. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, my answer to this guy would probably be, um, seek a divorce. I mean, I don't. Well, I don't know about that because I think that there's just some fantasy life that she's she has. And, well, okay, so he mentioned that they're a certain height and have a certain penis size, and I yeah, that, we know so he's short and not well endowed. Well, you, it's not, I mean, there is the slim but non-zero possibility that he's like six foot nine and has a 27 inch penis, you know, 12 inch penis. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm just too big. I would put the odds on that as a round to zero, but you're right. It's a non-zero. Yes. He's probably a, a man of small stature, perhaps stout, maybe balding. Uh, right. In which he, case, it, this may be difficult. to him at some point. Yeah. And I mean, a, a lot of this stuff could be behavioral attractions. There might be things he can do that would amp it up. Um. So, I mean, this, this always gets to that line of, should he just try things? Uh, the consent line, right? Or should he talk about it? And actually talking about it might be a turnoff for her. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's possible. She would, of course, I know a feminist would say, oh, it's never a turnoff. But the thing is, it is sometimes, <laughs> sometimes like you want to be swept off your feet. So Yeah. I, I mean, this is a non, as Al Gore would say, an inconvenient truth, but uh, asking for consent is a bit submissive and yes. some women don't like that. And just like if you asked someone whether they like you, <laughs> that's right. I didn't ask <laughs> exactly that, but yeah, we, we're not talking about that on the air. I know I'm too, I'm too ashamed. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, moving on. Um, what's the next thing here? Okay. I thought you might like this. Uh, group sex aftercare. Hello, everyone. I, a female of 25 years, am going to be gangbanged for my birthday. Three exclamation points. Oh my God. It's my ultimate fantasy. And my amazing friend with benefits, a 24-year-old man, has helped me arrange it. I have five guys ready, and I can't wait for it to happen. Now, I'm aware this is going to be very physical for me, and I was wondering what the best ways to look after myself before, during, and after. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, all right. So this conversation is happening. And like... The comments here are a goldmine because 
there's some guy who's an expert and then she's kind of peppers him with questions and we get some like really good, mm-hmm. I don't know, details on the logistics of a gangbang. Okay. So this guy says, you need someone who is in charge and will be looking out for your best interests the whole time. In fact, the event should start with somebody outlining basic roles and who has the final authority. You'll be a so no you need con- like a gang, a gang, be- gangbang om- ombudsman. That's right. An MC, if okay. you will. You will be in no condition yeah. to supervise things, is what I'm saying. And then she says, my friends with benefits is basically in charge because I realize I'm not going to be able to do much once it starts. And then this guy responds, good. I organized one of these ages ago, and it is vital that it is a person who is clearly in charge. Dudes can get kind of nutty when they all have their dicks out and there is one set of wet holes, smiley face. And the one I organized went very well, so there's that. And then she asks, he knows me well enough that I trust him to know if things are going okay for me. Is a safe word a good idea? This man goes on. Absolutely. Have a safe word. You and your friends with benefits should be glued to each other throughout the ordeal. He literally needs to have his thumb on your pulse. Okay, not literally. It's a metaphor, but still, the whole time. Eye contact, him mouthing you okay a lot. Also, five guys can go longer than you, so be prepared to take a break if you start getting worn out. You're in for some fun, smiley face. Just make sure safety things are in place, like a safe word, a plan for him to check in on you throughout, etc. When I organized this, I pretty much just supervised, and I had the girl after the event. Uh, then the aftercare stuff. Uh, I mean, it goes on, but yeah, these logistics. Oh, this guy strongly suggests condoms, which makes sense. Um, what if her What if her fetish is to have like lots of jizz in her? Uh, that then, then STD tests, I guess. That doesn't come up in the comments. Yeah, I think you you come in with STD tests. And also you like you have to find guys that are willing to be number four or whatever, be plunging. We've gone through this a little bit in the past, but I don't think I would be willing to be guy number four in basically any circumstance. I don't I think okay, there's a couple things I would say about this. I mean <clears throat> you can't know until you're gonna get a, you're gonna get a certain self selected set of guys that'll do this. Yeah. I would say this is I would say something about this for regardless of whether it's one guy with a bunch of women or one woman with a bunch of guys. And because there's a fair amount of porn in particular on the Oculus, the VR porn often has these things where there's like 12 women. Okay. This may just be me, but whatever the genders, I find it sort of, I actually find it genuinely unattractive and a turnoff having all these people that are just doing nothing. Yeah. Because you can't like, there's only so much, like you could have two people interacting with your body, but like when there's like 12, all you have is like people kind of cheering you on and it's, it comes across inauthentic to me, even if it's women, it's just like, what do you, I don't know. What are they doing there? They're just sort of. Yeah. Clapping. I mean, even in threesome porn, it just feels <laughs> at least when a woman is pretending to get fucked on camera, there's sort of the physicalness of it. And even if she's a bad actress, she can sort of fake it in a way that's not annoying. But right. if there's two women, well, yeah, one of them is just sort of sitting around awkwardly. And you can tell they've been coached in like things they can do when they're not the one being penetrated. But it just feels lame. And then, yeah, as you every incremental woman you owe, you add, the less there is to do. And so, right. Yeah. So the, I, so the most the most compelling to me threesome or moresome porn mm-hmm. of course is for me as a hetero man is going to be multiple women and a guy 
But importantly, the thing that makes it feel the most authentic is if the women are kind of having sex with each other. So very much MFF, not FMF. Um, just because then like they all have something to do yeah. that like seems, seems compelling to them. Um, okay. And then you could say, well, what about if it's multiple men? Yes, I've, I've, I've taste tested that kind of porn. And if you're interested in that kind of porn, it gets posted somewhat frequently on the chick flicks subreddit. Mm -hmm. That's chick flicks with three X's at the end. The problem is that, uh, when they have MMF porn where the guys want to interact with each other, first of all, like I'm not that interested in watching gay porn and gay is the wrong word, but like sort of male, male porn. And secondly, my gaydar always goes off. I think that the actors tend to be gay in those situations. And so then it's I, like sort of, right. but yeah. also I'd look, I don't want to watch two guys have sex, but I mean, I could see that being, I could, I can understand why a woman who wants to see threesome porn would have the same reaction. I have like, Oh, I want to see the guys enjoying themselves. Yeah. Even though they're going to be, they're potentially going to be guys that give off the, vibe of being gay which might be a turnoff hmm. so yeah um so, but so in this case where a woman wants to have a gangbang with guys like i mean i think that the to my my mind the most like okay the thing that i imagine she wouldn't want is to have a, a bunch of guys standing around her jacking off right. <laughs> although maybe that's what she wants uh because I, for me that's pretty unattractive so basically what's going to happen is she's just going to have a succession of guys if she doesn't want to have guys standing around jacking off she's going to have a succession of guys fucking her and it's kind of like, look, that's not that different than one guy fucking you. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's like, oh, it's yeah. exciting. I mean, it's different. tricky. I, I can't really imagine what it is that she likes about this. Maybe it's that she likes the idea of giving men pleasure, like using her body as a pleasure creating object. And so it could be that she would, it would be, she would like if they were masturbating next to her while watching the proceedings i'm not i just don't know i don't know but she's got to know that i mean it's inauthentic sort of because these guys are having to look at each other while they're beating off which is yeah. great it's the same problem of like the i mean you could imagine being uh having mfm where one guy's in her mouth and one guy's in her say vagina mm -hmm. um piv um but you have the same problem because the guys are having to look at each other and i always think like who like while that scenario could be maybe compelling as a guy, like I really don't want to watch the sexual response cycle. I was actually talking to my wife about this just the other day that I just, I would not want to just like conceptually. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't want to watch the sexual response cycle of another guy. It just bums me out. Like I don't, I, yeah. <laughs> so, right. so that, so like, so like she would have to know that like I was, I had this really bad video I was watching while doing it. Right. Like, it's like, oh no! Like, I'd, I'd, I'd almost rather watch almost anything else while having sex than that. Yeah, I think these people have to be bisexual or at least less hetero. Yeah, things are yeah. on a spectrum. Two things I like in uh, threesome porn is I like it when the women, one of them's in doggy style, and then another woman is sort of on top of her, also in doggy style. And then the man will like alternate vaginas. Oh, sure. I think, <laughs> yeah, there's, okay, go on. That's kind of cool. Yes. And then they also do the thing where like, there'll be two women, like on the ed edge of a bed and missionary and he'll like beat. Wait, 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 wait. Let me, in between. let's go back to the first one. The women yep. are on top of each other doggy style. Yeah. One's like squatting over the other one. 
Okay, that's a little weird because they can't it's interact with each other. It's physically difficult. No, they can't. And the reason, the thing that made me think of this is, yeah, what are those women doing when like one is getting fucked and the other is like standing by? Um, they're thinking about how much money they're making for the well, yeah, sitting with that's right. But like about, hypothetically, but rather, what are they doing? Yeah, they wouldn't do this in real yeah, life. Even if, even if they really wanted to do it, what would they be doing? They would be thinking about TikTok. Um, what what a wouldn't you rather they be face to face, and then you kind of come in, slip in behind them, or kind of between their four legs, if that's even possible. Uh, I'm not sure if so that's one's like possible. yeah, I guess like one's like squatting on the other one. Oh yeah, so instead of know, alternating between other. doggy to doggy or missionary to missionary, I'm switching from doggy to missionary. Right, and they're lying on sort of a bed, so that they're at the end, yeah. at the end of the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm actually not sh- too sure that would physically work well. I'm not either, but um, I think that I think probably the most actually functional one is one woman giving the other oral while you're fucking her dog. Yeah, you see that a lot, or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. because that's just like physically more possible. And I have no idea. I have no reports. Um, if some woman wants to report on this, she can via email. I have no reports on like whether the woman receiving oral in that situation is getting good oral. I suspect not because the other woman's being jostled so much. Yes. Yeah. She might be like smashing her face into the other person's vagina as she's getting smashed underneath. Um, right. All right. Well, we'll put the uh, gangbang aftercare and during care stuff in the show notes. If you want to, if any of our listeners want to take notes, um, Let's see. This person wonders, do some men just not like sucking boobs? Hey, I saw a post of someone saying her boyfriend doesn't like sucking boobs. In fact, has never, and he gets weird about it if the issue is raised. He said he was a Hmm. boob guy, and the girl even said he likes touching and fondling, but doesn't want to suck. My question is, why do some men not like sucking boobs? All right, so the general speculation thing is people equate it to breastfeeding, and it makes them feel uncomfortable for some reason. Yeah. But I can't. I mean, yeah, I can overcome that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the time when the time when I can feel that emotion is if I'm refracting, <laughs> right? Yeah. If I'm not, if I'm not in the mood. So, like, I, uh, it's hard for me not to put this in that category of like the guy, just not, he's not that into you or something like that. I think that, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's pretty odd. I, the only plausible thing I could think is that, yeah, it. it He's connecting it to breastfeeding for some reason. I was thinking about my <laughs> the shape of the function of my uh, compulsion to interact with the boobs is is sort of odd. So before Uh-oh. I've interacted with a person's boobs, like I really want to, like whenever I see, you know, breast tissue in any circumstance, it's it's always compelling. And when I'm with a partner, it's compelling, and then. It's a little bit like when the dog catches the car. Um, like you, what, when I first get it, it's like really great. Like I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like finally like getting to like grope these breasts and suck on them. But then like after a minute of that, it's not really that interesting anymore. Like it's the, it's the not having and the, and the just initially having that's the best parts. Do you, is your experience similar? I understand the I understand what you're saying. I think that's okay. uh, I've had that experience as well. Basically, you, yeah, there's not they don't actually do anything. So you're kind of yeah. like, yeah, you get this sort of urge 
I've had this urge. People, it's 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 it, it reminds. It's, okay, it's not an urge, but it reminds me of the urge to eat something. It's like it's like, but when you yeah. eat something, like you eat it, you consume it, but you see you can't eat or consume these things. So it's sort of like, well, yeah, you have this urge, but then you're like, oh, well, this is this this is it's kind of limited. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it's a, I agree. It's sort of a curious a curious limitation on the urge. Uh, uh, it does seem to come back um, for the same person. Although maybe for you, are, 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 do you find that as like a diminishing arc for the same person? No, I don't think so. It definitely does come back. Like <laughs> it's like a it's a new gift every time. Right. Yeah. I mean, I like I. I mean, it might give you some. This might give you some insight into the way women perceive their own breasts. It's just like yeah, yeah there's not that yeah, much they it's do. Just, it's like well, just tissue. Right, so it sort of operates as a hindrance. I mean, the, the the other thing, of course, is that depending on the particular woman and the amount of pleasure it provides, that can be compelling. Sure. Um, yeah, the yeah, the that's sort of different. The 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 apex of the function and like the width vary by woman, but the general shape I think is probably around the same. It's it's interesting that so the drive toward the woman's vagina or her mouth basically to fuck her to have sex with her has a physical payoff yes orgasm so it makes sense that you would have an ongoing drive the one for breasts actually doesn't really and it's interesting that you don't that your brain seems program i mean most things your brain is able to learn oh this isn't you know if there's a water slide that you're really excited to go down and you go down a bunch of times and you're like okay it's sort of boring you'll probably remember that for quite some time Right. This one doesn't. Uh, this one doesn't. It's, it, there, there must be some like neurons in your brain that erase, that prevent the short-term memory of like that boredom you're describing from ever encoding to the long-term memory or something. Yeah. Like your brain's designed to stop that from happening. Yeah. I mean, there's things that. I mean, I think breasts imply fecundity, imply fertility, and that's part of why there's such a signal for us, but as for the compulsion to, I mean, there's other things that imply fertility, like having healthy hair. And I don't, you know, have the compulsion to like, you know, wrap myself in partners hair. And so, but yeah, with, with boobs, I really do want to touch them and interact with them initially. And then, and then it sort of fades. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that like, I think that, I think that for me, the, probably it's probably mostly that my brain knows that if I get to interact with a female nipple, I'm probably going to get to ejaculate. Maybe that's with what it a is. Partner. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's because those are so connected. Like, so for it's, it's, there's an interesting question you could ask there, which is like, okay, let's say that, let's say where there was a cultural norm or you lived in a society where, yeah, there was a way to interact with women's breasts, but you couldn't masturbate. It was just that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I guess it'd be a little bit like being whatever. It's not a gynecologist, whatever kind of doctor does mammograms or whatever. I'm not sure what. Yeah. I actually don't know what kind of doctor that is. Some kind of oncologist. Well, okay. But it's like a, maybe it's a radiologist. radiologist. But I mean, like, yeah. is there, like, I don't know. I mean, there's the ureth- uh, ure- urologist, there's the proctologist, but I don't think there's like a breastologist. I'm not sure if there is. I don't is know. A, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It, if, it feels event, like um, if there was a word for it, it would be well known because the word for proctologist, proctologist is so well known. Yeah, like it, it would be like a joke. Oh, I'm a boob doctor. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that it would. I think that the it's probably the right analysis here is that the absence of orgasm 
at the end of an interaction. It's the same thing that a male gynecologist, uh, certain uh, sex criminals accepted. Um, that yeah, they, they 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 it's not sexual to them because like they're like oh, and if I'm in my um, examination room, I don't I I'm, I'm touching a vulva, but I don't yeah. get to ejaculate. So yeah, they learn not... it doesn't matter. Right. Um, all that being said, all that being said. I still think I would prefer a world where there was easy access to large amounts of breasts. <laughs> yeah, you've been obsessed with this for as long as I've known you. Like you've imagined like a breast bar where you could go in and fondle. Sure. Um, sure. And you've pointed out that, that you know, nice. they're, they're not getting penetrated here. Um, if, if it could be culturalized as not sex work, you know, what, what's the problem here? Uh, yeah, I've, I've right. heard you wrangle with this over the years. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think I think it would be somewhat better, but I don't think it would be like amazingly better. I think it would be like a minor improvement yeah. in the world. Um, and the problem, of course, being that you'd have like the it would be hard to manage that because there would be the guys that would secretly beat off and so forth that women would. Yeah, it would need to be exposed to semen. It would need to be similar to a strip club where yeah, there's like big burly bouncers that will beat the shit out of you, and you need to feel that downside risk to stop you from indulging whatever sexual needs might arise or sexual impulses. I did enjoy going to topless or top optional beaches in Europe. I have enjoyed that before, Uh, but it's in some ways it's more annoying because you can't, you can look, but can't touch. Right. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah, You're in like, yeah, you're in a more like the beach is already a pretty provocative place depending on the beach. Of course. That's Uh, right. The North side of Baker beach in San Francisco is not compelling. For example, it depends on if you're a gay man or not. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it can be a frustrating experience and amping up the frustration. I don't know if that is good or bad, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Eye candy is nice, but if you if you can't taste any of the sweet, then then what are we even doing? All right. But to your point, but to your point, touching the breasts probably isn't tasting it either. It's like right. unfortunately, like the the man the man's never gonna be satisfied until he's yeah. Yeah, like outside of like my teenage years, I don't think there have been too many situations where I'm like interacting with breasts and not having an orgasm. I think even there, yeah, right. I think even there, even as a teenage boy, you would get pretty jaded if you didn't get to, I mean, yeah, women's the sort of cultural thing women have of like, look, men are never satisfied unless they're climaxing. They're right. They're right. (sighs) Indeed. All right. So this person says, is it unreasonable to want to be eaten out every time we have sex? My boyfriend eats Mm. me out almost every time we have sex, but whenever he doesn't, I feel very sad and shitty for days after the fact, especially when I go home for the week as I spend the weekends with him. Would it be unreasonable for me to ask him to eat me out every time we have sex? I would reciprocate this as well. Um, It depends on what she means. I mean, like for how long? Yeah. And it sounds like they're having sex something like once a week because they're away from each other during the week. So that doesn't yeah, seem so like an un- unreasonable ask. He almost certainly has another partner. <laughs> the, the, th- the thing she doesn't know. Right. Um, yeah, I don't... Yeah. Is it unreasonable? Uh, I, okay, let, let's start with uh, a more or classic one. Is it unreasonable for a man to want his partner to blow him in every... Um, sexual situation. I think it depends on what you mean. That it's it's the same. I would have the same reaction both directions. Like, do you mean blow him to completion? Do you mean yeah. blow him for five minutes? For two minutes? I mean, let's let's say let's say we said it was 
two minutes. No, I don't think that's unreasonable. Yeah, I think that's and a two reasonable minutes, expectation. Two minutes might take care of her need here. Like, I think she feels unattractive when he won't do it. And that's why it's staying in her head and she's feeling, quote unquote, shitty for the whole week. So two minutes might be enough. She just wants to know that he uh, isn't grossed out by her or something. You know, I mean, I, I wonder if there's like some grooming, like hair related thing going on here as well. Apropos to our yeah. conversation last week. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little difficult to know, but the, the, I, I don't think it's, but, but, but if, if the requirement is that he give her oral to completion every time, well, I mean, it dep- <laughs> then we have to get into, we have to get into like, well, how long does it typically take? What's the standard right. deviation? I mean, the standard deviation right. is important here because if it's, if it's a mean of, I don't know, 10 minutes, but the standard deviation is 20 minutes, you know, something like, you know, like, well, it's not a, it's not going to be a normal curve, of course, because it can't be less than zero time, but mm-hmm. so standard deviation doesn't apply, but like whatever statistical concept you want to use, it could be a very long time is the point. There might be some times where it takes 45 minutes. There might be times where it doesn't, she doesn't finish. And now what, like, does he feel bad? Does, right. What's the I, cultural expectation there? It, it may sound like you're arguing by extremes here, but I have had this exact situation. I was dating somebody who when I went down on her would like me to do so for like 45 to 60 minutes. And eventually mm. I started adopting the posture of, well, it's <laughs> just not even going to start with that because, you know, at some point it's like a medical issue. Like you're not supposed to have your neck in that position for more than what would happen after 45 minutes. Would she just have like a massive orgasm? She was claiming she was having multiple orgasms. Maybe she was just trolling me, man. Well, no, it's, I mean, you were giving her clitoral stimulus. Okay. So, so her experience was she just had these rolling constant orgasms. Yes, that's right. What, <laughs> what go, happened? Go ahead. You can ask me whatever sure. you like. What happened during the minute or two minutes after one of these orgasms? Was she too sensitive to touch and you had uh, to sit there and sort of wait yeah. or? I don't remember. I don't remember. Hmm. Okay. I think, I think Yes. Like, I kind of remember, <laughs> I remember because after the first couple incidents, I started being like, I'm actually going to time this. And so I would like, okay. you know, look at my um, phone and like note the time. And yeah. I do remember her, like, she would like get up and go make tea. And at one point, during uh, yeah, the oral? kettle was like going and she like didn't want to get it because she was pleased with, you know what I was giving to her at that time. Okay. Um, But then, but then she did go get the tea and then I was like, Oh, okay, good. I'm like finally done with this. But then she came back and like asked me to go down on her again. Did she, was this, did she have like some sort of special chair she was sitting in or would she lie back down? Because to drink tea, I mean, drinking tea while you're lying down. She wasn't drinking while I was going down on her. I think she had like a couple sips and then reassumed the position, but this was was at least five years ago. I don't remember. Okay. Um, so she would, <laughs> she, you would be just sort of lying and you were lying on your stomach on a bed. Mm-hmm. She would leave, go have some, and were you allowed to leave or did you just have to lie there? You mean when she went to get the tea? Yeah. Could you take a break I mean, or did you? What do you mean by take a break? Like, did well, I have to like okay. stay in that position? Should she say yes. like, don't, don't move, stay where you are? Yeah, that's I my question. I think, I, think I was allowed to, to rest. You know how like, 
after you've done a bunch of sit-ups, you, you sometimes like will go into child's pose or something to, to stretch a bit. You do that. I'm imagining something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like reminded, I would, I'm reminded of I like the counterweight. The... I would do something where I could have my neck move in the other direction. Okay. And this happened a lot of times. I think I probably had seven to 10 sexual encounters with this person. And it, and it would go on like 45 minutes. Uh, plus. When people say 45 to 60 minutes, like when the normal person says that, especially when they're talking about sex, they're exaggerating. I am not. Uh-huh. I, I was so taken aback by like the first couple times that then I started deciding that I really wanted to time it. And I'm very good with time management and time sure. estimation. And so, yeah, I was, it was 45 plus. You don't remember any details about like how convincing her orgasms were. I don't, I, I, we hadn't started, you and I had not started doing this or if we had, we were still early days. And yeah. so I don't, <laughs> I just don't. I could, we I couldn't have because we would have talked about this extensively. I'm sure. So it must have been before we started doing this. Um, hmm. I mean, I would say I, that, like I, I it's, it's not impossible. I mean, you were doing the set of things that would give someone an orgasm. She's taking a break between them. Yeah, like it's you know it's it's sort of a it's it's plausible. I was thinking about this the other day, and I was because it's like the the normal argument. One of the normal arguments I make is that there's not like the female orgasm doesn't really isn't necessary for. Uh, making a baby. Uh, and so then it's like, generally you'd say, Hey, it should just basically the female orgasm should just follow what the male orgasm is. In other words, it's just sort of a vestigial reaction that women have, just like how men have nipples. However, then I was thinking to myself, I wonder if female multiple orgasm could be adaptive for the case where like a woman is secretly having sex with a bunch of different guys or something. So basically she needs to make it look to each guy like she's really into it. And so then it's like, well, so there could be some adaptive benefit to, to that. Now, that being said, like you would, you would then expect it to be that she would, it would be easier for a woman to multiple orgasm if you switched guys. And that doesn't appear to be the case. Also, I wouldn't think that would be the case. Yeah, Is it adaptive to be sleeping with different men? In the rare case where one of them is not fertile, maybe. But I would I would assume that like on average during evolutionary times where generations were short and evolutionary pressure was greater than it is now, that uh, on average people were having sex in their teens and 20s. And so they were probably quite fertile. And so at most two partners would be. I mean, yeah, there was probably this idea. There's this idea of like sort of having a guy who's a good provider and then cucking him when you're most fertile. So when you're ovulating, then you go and fuck a bunch of like hyper virile guys. But the idea that she would get a succession of them quickly enough that multiple orgasms would be relevant. I'm sure this is starting to debunk my own little (laughs) idea there. Okay. Well, you know, Um, we're just uh, brainstorming. It's plausible. Like I would, this, the thing I would say is a woman, I want to say this, a woman having multiple orgasms in succession with a reasonable time break between them from oral sex is, I actually think, plausible. Like, I think it could be that she was just having, like, it, it, the thing that I find that I find much less plausible is, like, the multiple PIV, no break between them, it's just rolling, it doesn't ever stop, like, that I find much less plausible because it's just not analogous to the male experience at all, right. whereas... 
this one, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, a guy could in principle do that too, depending on how, how like if, if you pumped me full of a lot of testosterone, like I could do that like 45 minutes, maybe not, but like I could probably have like three or four. Sure. Um, certainly as like an 18 year old, you could. So right. it would right, right, right. be kind of achy at the end, but it would be possible. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So before we wrap up here, I think, yeah, if you're having sex once a week and you're reasonably young, I think it is reasonable to expect your partner to go down and at least be willing to go down on you every second. Assuming, time. assuming, did you say assuming reasonable grooming? Which, no, but I mean, that kind of stuff goes without saying with any of this stuff. And not necessarily. People get confused. I mean, like it matters like he, cause it could be, he's just like, look, this is, I don't want to do it right now. Kind of deal. Right. Um, yeah. She could test whether the recentness of her most recent shower or shaving or trimming matters. And, to your point, it probably does. Yeah, it might. It might well matter, um, and the amount of time that her expected time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She can't hope for a two-hour odyssey every time. All right, and also, and also, how effective it is. Like, it, yeah, I mean, you know, because the thing is, to some extent, the guy might be like, "Look, this doesn't doesn't work all the time." So, like, yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not clear. To, like, I mean. I know we're running out of time here, but I mean, like if, uh, if you, um, it matters what you, what your goal is. Like, do you care about getting, uh, you don't like blows, but like, I don't know. Like it, it, ma- it matters differently if it's moving toward orgasm versus if it's not, if it's just like this thing. I that think you it does for do men. For I, I speculated when we first brought this topic up that she might just want the symbol of him being willing that might right. be important to her. Like the reason why she's feeling bad is probably not because she has blue balls for a week. It's because, um, she, I think the same thing could be true for a man. Like, you know, you're going to, I think orgasm it can, PMV, I think it but, can you... but, um, yeah. Anyway. All right. That'll do it for this episode of your mileage yeah. may vary. You can send us feedback or questions to ymmvpod at gmail.com. That's ymmvpod at gmail.com for your mileage may vary. We pay $10 for any and all feedback received, so get to it. Uh, And if you want to ask us a question, uh, let us know whether you want us to talk about it on the show or not. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week on Your Mileage May Vary. Oh, good.